in there, perform and deliver. Respect, last count, Corda. It will be one sentence and I am responding. What a load of spin and nonsense. He has only challenged my personality and pointed out my gender. And cop on a small bit, Taoiseach. Welcome to the Police Station podcast with Neve and Amy, where each week we try to make politics a little easier to grasp. And this week we are doing a dive into a name that you might have heard, probably have heard if you keep up with American politics at all, which is Joe Manchin. He is the Democratic senator for West Virginia, and he's had a stance that has been... I don't want to say controversial, but has definitely... I would say controversial. We're saying controversial and has had huge ramifications for the Democratic Party. And consequently, that's going to have massive ramifications for Joe Biden's presidency. And that is his stance on the For the People Act, which he made very clear in an op-ed that he wrote for the Charleston Gazette on the 6th of June, which basically... This. It was only like 1,000 words, so it was quite short, and it was very much targeted at the people of West Virginia, saying that he wouldn't vote in line with the rest of the Democratic Party on the For the People Act, that he also reiterated his opposition for reforming the filibuster, and it actually makes him the only Democrat that isn't a co-sponsor of this For the People bill. And it's an incredibly consequential, monumental bill. This is kind of building on the 1965 Voting Rights Act bill. And there hasn't been really much voting reform on a federal or national level anyway. You know, state by state basis, obviously they can, you know, elected legislators can do that. But this is kind of, and it's a big consequential bill. And I suppose what the Biden administration are trying to do is they are trying to push forward a lot of like what people would say is radical or progressive policies because people saw during the Obama administration, he tried to, you know, be more moderate or bipartisan and reach across the aisle. And that didn't work out for him because obviously when the Republicans took back control in 2010, he lost all power. So this is why they're trying to push forward this. And I suppose as well, after the previous election with, you know, all the the false accusations coming out about election fraud, this is kind of to bring forward new voter registration and, especially with the split Senate you know it's 50-50 the casting mm-hmm. vote is with the vice pre- president so Kamala Harris obviously she'll vote in line with her party so Joe Manchin not agreeing to this is really going to hinder Biden's policies to kind of push forward more radical reform and it's also good mm-hmm. at Chuck, Chuck Schumer who's the leader of the Senate Democratic Senator for New York he's going to have his work cut out and trying to convince Manchin because like he had they had similar issues with the COVID-19 relief bill and like they had to shave certain things now it wasn't much but in order like there was compromises made they're appeasing yes appeasing that's the word so I think as well like it's it's doing a lot of stuff that would seem that seems radical sometimes for Republicans and I suppose especially with the filibuster and we'll get into that later as well Mm -hmm. like the filibuster kind of will prolongs bills being brought past or or not but I suppose before we even get into that kind of like what is the For the People Act yeah and kind of like the shiny newness that Joe Manchin's like no yeah he's like no I even before we get into the For the People Act um Joe Manchin went on Fox News Sunday literally after he wrote that um op-ed and kind of explained why he wasn't going to vote in line with the Democratic Party so let's hear what he had to say And now if we can't practice what we preach and we're going to basically do an overhaul, an 800 page overhaul of the voting uh, rights or what we call for the people act. I think there's a lot of great things. I agree in that piece of legislation, but there's an awful lot of things that basically don't pertain directly to voting. I think it's the wrong piece of legislation to bring our country together and unite our country. And I'm not supporting that because I think it will divide us further. 
I don't want to be in a country that's divided any further than I'm in right now. I love my country, and I think my Democrat and Republican colleagues feel the same. If we continue to divide it and separate us more, it's not going to be united, and it's not going to be the country that we love and know, and it's going to be hard because it'll be back and forth no matter who's in power. So that's Joe Manchin's piece on why he isn't going to vote in line and the For the People Act. But yeah, like you said, Neve, the For the People Act, it kind of sets out, I guess, like voters' rights to kind of stop any suppression or discriminatory policies that often keep people um, from the polls. And it specifically seeks to restore the Historic Voting Rights Act, which improves election accessibility for people with disabilities, protects against voter intimidation, equips voters with like new tools to seek justice if, you know, their validity of their votes are challenged, and then also guarantees people with past uh, convictions that they can actually vote, because that's like a huge problem in America, that like so many past felons like cannot vote. Mm -hmm. And exactly, and also because the, the way the federal prison system is built in America it obviously it hinders more people of colour in particular more so you've less people of colour voting and historically you know black people tend to vote Democrat Latinos vote Democrat but there's also a portion of Latinos especially in southern states um, in particular Florida who vote Republican so this is really kind of transformative bill and also it is kind of on the back burner of the fact that a lot of Republican led states you know where the governors are Republican or it's a Republican led state senate or legislature have introduced a lot of restrictive bills you know since March there's been 361 restrictive bills across 47 Seven states and there's five have been signed into law and a lot of these states are Florida which is governed by a Trump ally DeSantis and then you also have Arizona Michigan Texas as well recently it was making news with regards to Democrats walking out in order to stop the vote to to limit the voter restrictions you know in terms of time like you could only vote in, at a certain time they're trying to target Sundays you know in particular what a lot of media outlets are saying that would target you know a lot of African Americans who go to church on Sunday exactly so it's targeting them specifically and especially states like Texas and Arizona which you know Arizona was a purple state obviously went blue in the last election mm -hmm. and then Texas as well I suppose has always been traditionally a red state and very much still is their government bodies are still very much red but I suppose since the population demographic is looking like it might shift more towards purple state maybe even blue in the future Exactly, especially since we saw Beto O'Rourke, you know, and the fact, you know, when he ran against Ted Cruz in the last Senate race, it wasn't that much to that he lost yeah. by. It's kind of like, you know, like Brexit margins, like 4% votes, like it wasn't that much. So if you see a, a Beto O'Rourke come up again and mm -hmm. if you have a, more of a drive to get more young people, more people of colour and other backgrounds that is not white rural people that could mm -hmm. vote so I think this is why the Democrats are trying to bring this in and I think Joe Manchin is really I suppose the reason why he 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 said it's for bipartisanship and he's not completely against everything like you know no. he wants to bring in the new protection for na Native Americans to vote like he's mm -hmm. definitely for that but it's just kind of and the previous John Lewis bill that was brought forward which is kind of a less I suppose what you term it on your ideological scale maybe a less radical uh, voting reform which is it like he said he was for Native Americans coming in and kind of for some picking bits and pieces of this for the people um act like he was for that and I think he stated his support for like something like the for the people act like way back in 2019 obviously the political landscape has changed drastically since then Mm -hmm. And like also within the active things why Republicans are very much against it is with regards to, to funds that can be donated to political campaigns and kind of this is in lieu of, you know, the efforts of Russia trying to support uh, Donald Trump in the 2016 presidential election. And like there's been Supreme Court rulings, you know, in the Citizens United versus the Federal Election Committee and the ruling effectively allowed non-profit groups to 
spent unlimited amounts of money, mm-hmm. which was like a reported $750 million. So this is kind of ensuring that public corporations would require approval by boards of directors and shareholders for political spending. So it's kind of like bringing in laws. It's not getting rid of political lobbying or political funding. It's just restricting it. It's making it more transparent that it's like not a CEO or a CFO of any kind of corporation can kind of donate this political funding off the back of themselves. They have to get that greater you know, support. Mm-hmm. And as well, I think the legislation is trying to stop the flow of money into campaigns from abroad, especially, um, which we saw, like, obviously was a huge issue in the kind of past elections that have happened in America. And the outlawing of the use of shell companies, which are exactly what they sound like. They're companies that are just built to funnel money between two, like, other entities to kind of outlaw that and basically just make, like you're saying, Eve, not banning it or stopping it, because that is, I feel like, nearly impossible with how the American political system is set up, but making it transparent that they really have to declare where they're getting this money from. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And like you said, it's just making it more transparent, which I don't understand why that would be an issue. But I suppose if there is shady things going. And also as well, I think there's another reason why Republicans are really pushing back on this is because it's allowing, you know, further capacities and accessibilities with regards to mail-in voting, because obviously that happened to the recent election because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And a lot of Democrats, Democratic voters, decided to go with the mail-in vote and that's how we saw that's why a lot of people saw Biden win and you know we Mm -hmm. saw in Florida as well Ron DeSantis he was you know instituting a number of changes with regards to this because you know Republicans are aware that mail-in votes could hinder them and you know that in the state of Florida anyway you have to reapply every two years and submit a form of of ID in order to become a mail-in voter like if you need that option as well there's just a lot of you know voter suppression things that are coming in it's making it very hard to vote yeah and there's been a lot of pushback as well from Joe Manchin's op-ed that he put in the Charleston Gazette especially when congressman said he might as well just reinstate Jim Crow laws at the rate he's going and AOC has pushed back against this like he's really not going down with the newly elected Democrats in the House of Representatives and you know this again like Mm -hmm. I said this is going to be a lot of work for Chuck Schumer in the weeks to come to swing it and it's kind of like you're saying Eve like all these things we're talking about like it's basically setting out a national floor of like ballot access and requiring federal elections to have an identical set of rules now people can kind of tweak them and provide more access and do all this stuff but not less and you're kind of like why is that a bad thing and then also we you've outlined there like so many reasons to why republicans one might like have backlash against it and again it kind of always comes down to that they feel like they might lose votes because of these kind of voting rules that are going to be brought in. But what's interesting is that Joe Manchin is not a Republican. He is a Democrat, but he is so vocally against this. Yeah, he's a Democrat, but he's not your typical Democrat. Like, I, it's always very interesting when you look at what is so-called left politics in the US mm-hmm. versus left politics in, in European governments, especially when you look to Scandinavian countries, even in Ireland, even in Germany, you know, if you look at the CDUs, which is Angela Merkel's party, some of their policies, some people might argue they're a lot more left. So I suppose he's a, a quote unquote, supposedly, you know, part of the left wing party, but he is very much a moderate yeah. I'd say borderline conservative, you know, mm-hmm. because and a lot of that comes is to do with the state that he is from. So he is from the state of West, West Virginia. West Virginia is a purple state. It's by a purple state. It means like, you know, in America, Republicans are red, Democrats are blue. That's the color. So it's kind of gone in between. And I suppose he has to appeal to and, you know, his base and, and West Virginia is a more rural area in the United States. So it's not the metropolitan areas of, you know, or heavily dense populated areas of California or New York State. So it's just kind of he has to appeal to that. And he feels by leaning across the aisle and kind of voting in line with Republicans that will do it. And also he kind of 
he yearns for a time of bipartisanship. You know, when you look at even like Democrats like Joe Lieberman, you know, he was the former vice presidential candidate a number of years ago. He was very much like one of those moderate Democrats would lean mm-hmm. across the aisle, kind of like the John McCain. You know, I don't know he's a Republican, but like that type of era. Yeah, where it was, it's not like this big, like two very different radical policies. Like there is those people in the center that can reach across the aisle. And I guess that's what he seems to be. And very much like what he said in his um, op-ed piece. And he was like, I'm not doing this because I don't believe that certain people should vote. And obviously I'm paraphrasing here. But that he was like, I want a time of bipartisanship and not this partisan, partisan, partisan? I'm not saying that word right. Partisan? Partisan. Partisan. (laughs) And not the partisan policies that we're seeing now. But it's really interesting because it was like a poll done like last month in his state of West Virginia. And it was commissioned by the End of Citizens United and Let America Vote Action Fund. And it basically said that the For the People Act was wildly popular among likely voters in West Virginia. So 76% of Republicans were in favor for it. And not surprisingly, 81% of Democrats were and 79% of independent voters were. So it might be like, well, why is Joe Manchin going against kind of what it seems to be? And again, this is one poll. We all know how political polls have faltered in previous years, but why he's doing this. But I guess it can be brought back to his core beliefs of bipartisanship. And he doesn't want it to be like basically all the Democrats are in, on one side of the camp and they're voting for this and there's no Republican support whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And that stems a lot from the the previous senator who we won a seat. So Joe Manchin became a senator in 2010 and won his election. So he took over the seat of Senator Robert Byrd. Senator Robert Byrd was one of the longest standing US senators. He's a Democrat, but he was a very different, I don't know if different is even the right word, but during his time previous to his uh, election into the US Senate, he was also part of the of West Virginia State Senate. So he s- served in the state government as well as federal government. He was a member of the Ku Klux Klan and he spoke about it. And he did it like in interviews he did in the late 90s, he spoke about how he regretted it, that he needed to, but you know, he's a very different. He's not what people, when people think of a Democrat now, that is not what Robert Byrd was like. No, exactly. I mean, you think of obviously there was during that era of the civil rights era, you know, the Ku Klux Klan was alive and well in a way that is, it's a bit more hidden. Well, I suppose that's subject to. No, it was very public and it wasn't something that like, you know, people hid away and they kind of would like have secret codes within themselves to make another person aware that they're in the Ku Klux Klan. It was very, it was like a, a very prominent community. Exactly. And obviously there was previous House of Representatives and senators obviously who were, but it's very... He was, to be honest, one of the first Democratic senators who I heard were a part. So he's it's a very different history and background. Exactly. Also as well, like Joe Manchin is a Catholic and he that's very much rooted in his beliefs. You know, JFK, when he won his presidency back in the 1960s, he was very much influenced by him because West Virginia was one of the key states that helped JFK win and very much inspired by kind of leaning into, even though there was the separation of church and state. That is a fact in US law. They just, he kind of does lean towards more the conservative uh, Democrat. And even like his voting history goes along with it. You know, when Trump was in office, he voted along with Omar, you know, about 50% of his policies, including the passing of Justice Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, even though, you know, the huge controversy with regards to sexual harassment and the sexual assault allegations. And he also did not endorse Obama for his second re-election again. So he's definitely one of the more it's like he, he doesn't he definitely does not keep with the party line like he is fine with coming out and in opposition with what kind of the rest of the democratic party 
is saying and doing. Yeah, exactly. And like, he does vote in line with democratic policies. That's obviously not to say he hasn't. Like so far with regards to Biden, he has. Like he did vote mm-hmm. to pass the COVID relief bill and so on. And it's just, this is going to cause a huge hiccup. I suppose the Voting Rights Act is is something so integral to a democracy is allowing people to vote. It just seems mad that it's like you wouldn't vote for it. That like it is it it just like it just seems to be letting more people vote. And even when you think about that, it's mad that like America, obviously it's it's a federal country, but that, that there isn't any kind of legislation currently that makes sure that all voting access and everything is the same, or there's at least a baseline for it. Like you think that that would be something that you would need in a federal state where there's so many other things are like devolved that you wouldn't just need that to keep things together. But yeah, like it's 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 funny. And the fact that there's so many voter suppression laws being passed in Republican-run states, it's quite mm-hmm. worrying as well because it is infringing on minority communities and that just doesn't make for a fair and equal society. And it also as well, the bill, the For, for the People Act, it also deals with gerrymandering and that's been an issue that's kind of been coming up for years. And gerrymandering is basically like when politicians or politics manipulate the kind of legislative district lines, like in Ireland, it's be our constituencies. And that would basically be that they would change what the constituencies would be in order to benefit them in some way that they would be more likely to get a vote in that district. It's normally referred to as cracking or packing a district. Say if you're a Republican state, we're going to go to Texas, for example, because that's traditionally a Republican voting state. If you pack loads of, because you have to register what party you're going to vote for, whether you're going to vote independent, Republican or Democrat. So if you pack all of the Democratic voters into one district, the remaining districts will be Republican led. Therefore, the Republican state legislator, the state senator, they'll win as well as the, you know, the US senator. And the same, the cracking is when you divide up, say, the democratically registered voters into a number of smaller districts, into areas where there are predominantly Republican voters. So Mm -hmm. there again, you have it. And that has been done. It's been an issue for quite a while. And I suppose this is it's basically redrawing the lines to so that they vote in favour of your candidate. That's essentially what it does. Exactly. And literally what this bill is trying to do is basically mandate that these lines would be drawn by non-partisan commissions and not by state legislators. So like you're saying, Eve, Texas, for example, complete Republican state legislature there. Obviously, they're going to have Republican bias. Obviously, they're going to draw them to make sure that the Republicans keep their seats. So they're basically saying that this should be drawn by a non-partisan committee. And if the legislator refused to approve the map, then three federal judges uh, would take over drafting it. That would be that. So it's kind of just like taking it out of politicians' hands so that there's no political bias, which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And there's even one thing that I found about the bill that's so odd because I suppose we have it just naturally in Ireland anyway mm-hmm. was um in terms of voter registration and having registration across college campuses that was just kind of like the norm I felt especially around the repeal the eighth referendum in Ireland there was a huge amount huge drive to get um, students registered to vote completely and the fact that like, that's an issue that you would want young people you know and again they're trying to you know non-partisan independent people to come in and register and like talk about you know an absentee ballot and kind of the options that they can have and this mm-hmm. is just an i just think that's not a left or a right issue that's just a democratic issue like why wouldn't you want young college students to vote probably because well i suppose even historically i know young people are you know stereotyped as being left progressive liberals but there are quite a number of, you know, more conservative. There's a lot of religious run universities in and colleges across uh, the US. So it's not to say that they're going to 
vote necessarily left. It's like, are the, are the Republicans missing it? Because especially in America, you see like colleges of certain like faiths and like Christian colleges that are statistically overwhelmingly Republican people that go to it. Having them would obviously like benefit the Republican Party. So you're like, why wouldn't you want that? And also like, Republicans are increasingly appealing to the kind of what would have been previously a Democratic voter. So like kind of the working class, maybe less educated, lower income. And some experts are like the For the People Act might actually benefit you because it will make it easier for these people to register to vote and to turn up for your party. And especially that like if you limit the areas in which people can vote and if like people aren't allowed to automatically be registered as well i know there was a thing about bringing 16 year olds and that's a debate that's going on in ireland and in different Mm -hmm. uh, countries even within the eu it just doesn't make sense why you wouldn't want people to vote because it allows for a more fairer and democratic society Mm -hmm. so it's just and i suppose the one of the biggest things as well that he said in his op-ed in the charleston gazette was about the filibuster yes and kind of wanting to remove that so this is even like not only is joe manchin going against a progressive voting rights bill he's also very much in favour of the filibuster, which has been part of this issue and is kind of what's stopping the progression of the For the People's Act. Because you might be like, okay, they don't have one Democrat on their side. Big deal. Like, can they not push it through? Is there any other way they can't push it through? A lot of it is to do with the filibuster, which is like a rule in the Senate. The filibuster itself is quite an informal concept. And it's basically that it requires 60 members to end a debate on most topics and be able to move to vote. So that's basically when you stop trashing it out on the Senate floor and actually cast your ballot to see will it go forward. The Senate's own website, it's a definition for it is like an informal term for any attempt to block or delay Senate action on a bill or any other matter by debating it at length and by offering numerous procedural motions or by any other delaying or obstruction actions. It's something that we've seen before. It's been a a product of the Senate for like years, like ever since, like it's always been a, a rule that's been there that like a certain amount of senators need to agree to be able to like progress to the the voting part of a bill and uh, but it really got kicked up during the civil war where the filibuster started coming in which is a deliberate blocking of stopping it from going to that vote so that's what the filibuster is it's basically deliberately blocking the voting bit of it so it's kind of just escalated like more and more and more a really famous example that people might be familiar with was ted cruz during the obama administration when there was a health bill going through in order to block it and to keep the debate time going he started reciting green eggs and ham (laughs) and i love this story and so i'm going to read it to you do you like green eggs and ham i do not like them sam i am i do not like green eggs and ham would you like them here or there i would not like them here or there i would not like them anywhere i do not like green eggs and ham i do not like them Sam, I am. What else would you expect from Ted Cruz? Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that, like, the filibuster, it, it was initially brought in, and it, it basically comes off this idea of like closure. That's like the technical part of the filibuster. I think it's called, it's clouture, is like the legal term for it, but it's, it's closure. And it basically it means like the closure, limiting the debate of something by placing like a time limit or consideration on a bill to basically overcome a filibuster. So that's kind of what the filibuster is 
is off that you have to put like a time limit on something. So the Senate may set a limit of like 30 additional hours for debating, but only if the Senate votes in favour of this by, is it three-fifths of the full Senate? Three-fifths, which is 60 votes. So it basically means that the debating time could only be limited to 30 hours if there is support of the Senate by 60 votes. Like you can kind of gauge that there'll be it. So it's kind of confusing. And it was originally yeah. it was originally brought in to make sure that there was that debate and to kind of avoid partisan politics. But ironically, it has made it more partisan than ever because they basically I don't want to say weaponize, but basically people manipulate the filibuster and the closure and the clouture of it to basically when there isn't that clear 60 votes that they're basically going to make sure that this debate goes on and on and on forever and stop any progression of the of a bill and it's incredibly criticized like oh. incredibly like elizabeth warren when she was running for president she called to end it you know secretary for transport Pete Buttigieg has called for it like it's very much like you said amy people can divide can debate for hours like when the civil rights bill was coming in you know this was obviously during the kennedy johnson years there was a, a Republican senator and he stood for 24 hours debating and why, why this mm-hmm. shouldn't go through. It didn't matter. Obviously, it passed, thank God. But you're just wasting time. And even like in the 19th century, the House of Representatives, they had this and then it decided, you know, what, we're not actually getting anything done and they abolished it. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. What's happening is people are voting in parties, senators and whatever, and they're not getting the work done. Like it's not getting the work done. And that's what's happening now. So it's kind of like, what's the point? It's a reason why like people are like, you know, when it's a Democratic president, they're like, well, the Democrats need to hold the House and they need to hold the Senate as well, because if they don't, they don't have that 60 senator majority. And obviously, Congress have has its own kind of navigations that you need to go through to make sure your majority Congress, that's a separate issue. But basically, if you don't have the Senate and you can't get past a filibuster, you can't pass any legislation, which is we've seen it happen like in the Obama administrations, not getting anything done and people get really frustrated. And like there are ways that you can get around it. Like if you present a bill in a certain way, uh, one of them involves nominations up to two executive branch positions or federal judges to help move your bill along. Like if you go through them, but obviously then there's limitations on what that bill can actually do like the for the people act wouldn't qualify for that because that's obviously involves democratic changes similar to an infrastructure bill if it gets huge like public spending in that regard it wouldn't it wouldn't qualify for it and then the second is like certain certain types of legislation uh which congress had previously written into the law that basically like limits the debate time hard and you don't need that um closure rule of 60 votes it's only really done for like budgets reconciliations to make sure a budget is passed and money yeah. can actually be spent so like there are ways to go around it but that's only for very certain types of legislation and certain types of bills and not really like reformative bills that like politicians campaign on and that voters vote for really to be honest with you yeah exactly like amy said like there's certain like budget bills obviously the code 19 relief bill she didn't have a filibuster she went through the same way and it kind of like supreme justice nominees you know they don't have to do that which is kind of like disappointing that these reformative bills have to go through this and then it might get dropped during the Obama years there was four different gun reform bills that were pushed through and they all failed because of the filibuster you know so it's just like it's not doing anything it's it's very yeah. perfor- it's, it's performative performative and like Joe Manchin has basically like he said that the reason why he's not going to support a reform of the filibuster or abolishing the filibuster is 
that, you know, he said that the process is very flow and frustrating, but it will force compromise, which will encourage bipartisan policies. Basically, the only way that we can come to passing it is if there is that 60 senator consensus, which will hopefully involve Republicans, which will make sure things are more bipartisan. But I don't I don't think that that's a reality for American politics now. I think the filibuster was a nice thing back in the day when it, like, I don't think anyone in the, like the founding fathers, well, who knows, I can't speak for those lads, could perceive how partisan American politics would become. And the filibuster, unfortunately, has become something that is further making American politics very partisan. Yeah, exactly. I think he's, it's being quite idealistic to think that you can get back to the era of bipartisanship because I think it's just, and to be honest, I think a lot of it has to do with January 6th and, you know, the day of the insurrection. A few weeks ago, there was, you know, a vote to bring in, in a commission to investigate it the same way Ireland has commissions into different things and to investigate what happened on that day and who was at fault. And Republican senators voted against it. And, you know, John Manchin, he was very upset. His colleagues didn't do that. Mm. You're very upset, but your colleagues, and that's not to say like his colleagues on the left aren't doing it, but it's mm. just, I think that is just something very integral. I don't understand if Republicans are saying that Trump is not at fault for, you know, inspiring an insurrectionist. My thing is like, if you've nothing to hide, why would you not why want not? it? Exactly. If it's going to like exonerate it. you, like just do it. And it just doesn't make sense. That's just, if they're defending the actions of January 6th and they don't believe that President Trump has any liability for it, why not have the investigation and prove that? And I think that has just kind of like lost any kind of like, coming togetherness unless there's accountability for people who in who spurred on the conspiracy theorists that said that this was a fake election like there's been no accountability on the obviously people have been arrested but they are just you know citizens of the United States the actual politicians Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz who were two of the most prominent speakers in the Senate anyway against it did not so I just think it's Joe Manchin's living in a fairy tale land to think that there is obviously people yearn for that time of you know Mm. where there was much more the discourse wasn't as vitriolic it wasn't as it wasn't as hateful quite frankly and I just there's so many parts of like the where the people act like there's one that talks about being very transparent of um political ads online to make sure say like who's funded them and everything like that because obviously like so much of the partisanship that can be seen in America now can be pointed to the rise of social media particularly Facebook and kind of how algorithms just show you what you want to see and there's not that discourse online like stuff like that will help that and make people more aware of the 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 singularity of the news that they're consuming and it's it's literally you're saying you've like that time is gone now like surely it would be better to kind of like come together as one government, which they are. And it's so easy to forget that they're all kind of all elected officials under the one government and kind of be like, okay, what can we actually do to make this country better? Like the infrastructure bill, like making sure more people can vote to make sure that we sitting here are representative of what the people need in America. But then again, politics is just politics. Like it's just all about people keeping their jobs. It is, but it plays into the narrative that Trump used so much about the swamp, the DC swamp. They're not getting anything done for the people of their, like, obviously people are trying, you know, Joe, you know, there are people who are genuinely concerned for their constituencies, but then there are people who just want to seat. And they're Mm -hmm. just like, if you're not doing this for the people who you represent. So I just think, I think he's living in an, an idealistic world, quite frankly, and there's huge issues. And I just... 
But then again, he's not the only one. Like we've seen other kind of um, U.S. senators, you know, Kristen Sinema's, uh, you know, she's a U.S. senator from Arizona, which was obviously it's very similar to West Virginia. It had been a red state, obviously, for a long time. That was the seat John McCain held for so many years. Then, you know, she won the seat there, so it became like a purple state. And then obviously it flips blue for the general election in which Biden won. So you don't know which way she could go. And her, along with Joe Manchin, voted against the rise. But, you know, even Kristen Sinema, at the moment, there's no talk of her deferring from not voting in line with this. But she, so it's just mm-hmm. interesting why he's just, I just think this is just Joe Manchin, you know, wielding a lot more power. He's trying to gain more political points for re-election. Like he's been in politics for so long. He was, you know, before he was a senator, he was governor of West Virginia. So I think he's just trying to appeal to his base, which is a lot of conservative enough state with, you know, a mix of Republican and Democrat. So I don't know if he genuinely believes this or if he's just trying to either pretend he's bipartisan in order to gain votes or, but he's he's just a thorn in Biden and Chuck Schumer's side, essentially, like. And he's become like, honestly, one of the most, if arguably the most important person in American politics now because of that power that he holds to block things and to make sure that they have to appease what he wants in order to like push it forward, which is really interesting. And like the thing about it that a lot of people are saying now, it could be argued because of like that poll that we talked about that a lot of people are, you know, in West Virginia are actually in favor of the For the People Act but in general like you were saying it's quite a conservative state which means he isn't going to actually there's not any political incentive I guess for him to change like it's not like he's like oh geez I'm gonna lose votes he's actually like I'm gonna keep votes by continuing like this so why would I change like why would he if he's gonna get you know re-elected if that's more than likely I just I don't understand I don't know if he's doing it for the right reasons or any like you said Amy like politicians just want to keep a job and it's just he's got he's gone from someone who I've never heard of to an international reputation now like the fact that we're talking about him all the way over in Ireland of course there are other political commentators and so on speaking about him like he's he's gone from like obscurity almost I would say, well definitely obviously not within an America uh, obscurity but... on an international level definitely exactly. to and be now... like very I definitely think based on like his history that you're going through Neve there and his background I do genuinely believe that he believes in bipartisan politics and wants to see that come back I think he is hankering for that era and I think what I'd like to think maybe a bit naive that that is coming from a good place but his actions in order to make sure that that happens is actually harming so many many people and mm-hmm. so many like it's like like you could argue is harming the democratic process because it's not letting an act that will help people vote to come through and like so consequentially for the biden presidency presidency going forward it basically means that they will have to find some kind of if joe manchin is not going to move on this and on many some other um legislation that might come up it basically means that they're going to have to find republican support for almost anything that they want to do uh between now and when the senate is re-elected in 2022 exactly i think that's to be honest what a lot of them are gearing up for like that's why they're they're hoping to bring this in now is because if you can get more people like we saw in georgia i think was just the prime example you know stacey abrams and her increased voter drive and her ambition and her passion to get more people registered and to vote because it's their democratic right and we saw georgia's turn blue which was just the most Mm -hmm. unexpected thing so maybe that there's a fear that there are some people who then again you might not know there are some people who could have who could be independents and they could be conservative leaning independents so i just think i just don't understand from a like why registering people to vote and getting people more rights to vote is a controversial thing to bring in you'd think that people Mm -hmm. would want to do it like i just don't understand how this is a right or a left issue it's voting 
it's the foundation of any democracy. And I just don't, I just can't understand why it's controversial. There are issues with regards to voter ID and that you don't have to bring that and that can lead to fraudulent voting. And we know the Trump presidency definitely wheeled the thing that there was a lot of, you know, fake voters, fraud voters, and, you know, dead people were voting. He said that once, which was, you had no basis for that. And obviously, but like, there's issues like that in every country. Like, it's not that, it's, America's not unique to it. It's a it's consequence of like so many people voting and like the, for the People Act is kind of saying like, listen, if they don't have their ID, they're going to have to sign an affidavit to be like, that you are verifying that this is you. And obviously that's, can be, you can be criminally prosecuted if that is not true and all stuff like that. But like, even with like the filibuster as well, like that is something that is stopping the democratic process. So it should be reformed and it shouldn't be a party issue. It should be both for the People Act and the filibuster and Joe Manchin's current stance. It all kind of comes back to what's going wrong with American politics now, which is the, the the fact that a two party system does not seem to be working anymore. It just doesn't seem to be working anymore. It's just causing so many issues that it, people seem to have lost the concept that they're it's a one government. And I know, like Jesus, I know, like finger pointing, it comes like it happens here in Ireland, particularly with uh, Fianna Gael and Sinn Fein. Like there's finger pointing and doing all this, but at least in Ireland we've other parties to kind of you know stop that becoming a bigger issue. Or I guess like there's something else to talk about. There's something else to look at politically in America. There's not. It's just a fighting between the two of them. I know there's the independent candidate, but they never like it's so difficult. They to get never. Elected. And even like you said, it like the. The tense that Republicans are under. So you've like the tra- traditional Republicans. You've got the Liz Cheney's, the um, mm. Adam Kings are who are very much they're not Trump apologists. They accept what happened on January sixth, but they're very much they're still conservative in their ideology and in their voting. And then you have the Trumps, the Trump party essentially. And then you have what Rand Paul set up, you know, during the Obama administration, which was the Tea Party, which mm-hmm. I suppose is very much interlinked with the Trump Party at this stage. And then on the Democrats, you have the Joe Manchin's, Kristen Cinemas, um, even Amy Klobuchar is not, you know, has been kind of m- much more of a moderate. And then you have Bernie Sanders, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley. These are much more like left-wing progressives. Mm-hmm. Like the tents are just, it just does not work. It's like, how are you, how are you keeping yourselves in the one party? Like how? It just you can see why people are like oh there's infighting but like in other countries that's why when you have a, a parliamentary system as to what we do and many other European countries do you have different like not every supposed left wing party is going to obviously they're going to have similar ideologies it's not, they're not going to harbour all the same thing mm-hmm. the same with uh, more right wing parties as well they're not going to harbour everything like that's it so it's just it is I do think the two party system is just it's very unique to uh, US politics definitely and yeah, no, it'll be it'll like it'll be interesting to see like will Joe Manchin move on this if he is so, you know, reverent, I guess, of the bipartisan days. Will he change his stance if he sees that that isn't what it's hankering for, or will it turn out that in fact that's not what he's after? He's after the longevity of his career. He's after political clout, and he won't move his position. And it'd be interesting to see how the Biden administration handles this. Like, how are they going to get things through? Is Joe Manchin going to be the downfall of Biden? Maybe he's going to be the the thorn in their side until 2022 when the next Senate and House of Representatives elections come along and if they get a majority that time you don't know people have been talking about a blue wave it's more been it hasn't been like that at all no it's just been like it's, it's been no more like blue a little wave. tide coming like but it's not like yes. anything yeah no no and it could just revert back to a Republican-led Senate and then 
his last two years are just going to be incredibly difficult. So it's it, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds, how much the Biden administration will cave to what Joe Manchin wants. And if he does cave, will this bring other more centre-right Republicans uh, like, you know, Susan Collin in Maine or, you know, Mitt Romney has often voted, you know, with a, he's been a big fan of bipartisanship. Will they mm-hmm. vote? You, you just don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it for this week's uh, episode of The Polling Station. If you've any thoughts on like, you know, Joe Manchin on the future of partisan politics in America, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach us at The Polling Pod on Instagram or Twitter. If you're not following us, definitely follow us. And also check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe if you haven't. If you like the pod, drop us a review. And don't forget to tune in next week to listen to the next episode. That's all for this week. Bye. Bye.